let's say someone was starting a TikTok channel tomorrow. What advice would you give them knowing what you know now? So when you create a TikTok, you go to the songs that they suggest. Always using one of those first three is really good when you're starting out. And then um, using like three to five hashtags that are specific to what you're posting about. Watch other content creators in your niche who have a lot of followers. See what they're doing. See what you like about what they're doing, the way they edit, if they do voiceovers, and then make it your own. Welcome back to another episode of Content Creators Library. Now that you heard that little part, you can just sign off and leave because you have everything you need to know to create a TikTok channel. Okay, I'm joking. So that is Sierra. She has a TikTok channel with over 1.2 million followers as of now. She has a YouTube channel with almost 190,000 subscribers. And at the the time of recording this, like a couple of weeks ago, she had like 140,000. So she is massively growing. So if you want advice from somebody who you know, had the subscribers, has the TikTok show with over a million followers. You know, this is the episode to learn from. And again, as always, I am Jeff Parker, a web designer for content creators. If you're selling something, if you're making a course and you do not want to put that together yourself, because look, time is money. Time is money. You're spending two months making this course. Promote that course for two months. DM me on Instagram or Twitter, follow me there. I'd love to know any feedback. Let's get to the show. What is your, uh, like your TikTok and your new, t- your uh, YouTube channels? Like what's their, what's the name of them? It's Gary, um, across all platforms. And then on Instagram and TikTok, there's an underscore. So what is these channels about? Yeah, I feel like that's very difficult to answer. So on TikTok, um, I mean, analytically, my audience is mostly younger females between the ages of 8 and 13, and then like their parents. And that's very similar on YouTube. As far as um, like my actual audience, I think that's very, um, I think that actually is very accurate. I do a lot of playroom content, my day-to-day like life here. And then most recently I've gotten into fidget toys, which has been huge in the like tween community. So it has just like exploded all of my channels. Yeah. That's like, that's the most thing I've seen was it was mostly fidget toys or your playroom. Like it was fidget toys and the playroom. Right. So YouTube is probably more um, like fidgets right now, just because that's what's trending. And it's kind of cool because I own a playroom, like in toys, whatever the trending toy is, it just kind of happens to be what I focus on. And right now that just happens to be fidget toys. And then on my TikTok, it's a little bit more of my day to day. I do more playroom content, my family, and then I'll sprinkle in some fidget content as well. So I'll typically do three to nine videos a day on TikTok and like half of those will be fidgets. And the other half will be answering questions or showing them how messy the playroom gets and things like that. So what, what's the playroom? So I own an indoor playroom called Grandma's Playroom, and it is in St. Louis, Missouri. So we cater to younger children who are probably six and under. It's 2,300 square feet with no blind spots. So it is perfect for those parents with multiple children 
who tend to be runners or for grandparents or on rainy days, snowy days, being in the Midwest, you never know what you're going to get. But it's just literally every toy you could think of in one room. You pay an entrance fee and you could stay as long as you'd like. And we have kids who come in weekly. We have kids who stay for hours. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a very easy place to bring your children. As a mom, I brought my kids here before I bought it. So I appreciate both sides, owning it and bringing my kids in. So when did that happen? When did you, was that recent? Yes. So I actually bought the playroom in July, 2020, right in the thick of it. Oh my goodness. How was it? Did you have to close now? So we, I, we've never been closed under my ownership. The previous owner had the playroom for three years. She closed in March of 2020, about when the rest yeah. of the world shut down. And then when I purchased in July, we opened back up. We looked a little different. We had time slots. You had to call ahead. We only allowed 10 children in the playroom at a time. So we tried to get it back to normal as much as we could because two-year-olds don't understand and they just want to play. By, but we were still trying to keep it as safe as possible. Yeah. So is it just you? It's just me. I'm I'm the sole proprietor, the only one on the LLC. My husband might be a little mad if I say that because he was just in here helping me clean so I could hop on here on time. Um, but just recently, we try to keep the previous owner, Sandy, as in the loop as possible. But she is um, living her dream right now, traveling the world. She's taking a couple weeks in Hawaii right now. But her daughter works for me when I do need a day off. So we definitely keep it in the family and um, the previous owner is still very involved. Good. It's a good story. So your TikTok channel has over like a million followers. 1.2 million. Don't exaggerate. I think it was at a million like two weeks ago or something. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So it, it kind of goes up a little and TikTok's crazy. You know, you get one viral video and it's it's insane. But I always say TikTok's a roller coaster. You're on top one day and then you're going downhill the next. So you just got to hold on. Oh my gosh. So how many, like you said earlier, how many, so how many videos do you post a day? It's a, so in the playroom, I normally, like when I'm here, will post three to nine a day. Is that like, plan, like, do you plan it or is it just... It kind of varies. So I, um, TikTok is what I consider one of my full-time jobs. So I have different websites that offer me sounds, um, to use and I get paid to use those sounds, but sometimes you get an hour notice. Sometimes you get 24 hour notice. So you can't always plan everything. I do have a couple of series that I, um, do a lot of. So if I have a slow day, I know that my popular series, like that doesn't go there. Hidden toys, cutting open fidgets are good ones that I can use. But unfortunately, TikTok is one of those algorithms that you can't really plan. And there's really no uh, like posting at a certain time schedule like you can on YouTube and Instagram. And you're changing so fast on TikTok that you can't plan out your content a month in advance because there'll be a new song or a new sound that you have to jump on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It has the sound. Like everybody does that, all the videos usually. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's a wild algorithm. And then on YouTube, last week I posted four times this week. Um, Friday will be my third video for the week. Like the shorts? So those are long form videos. Shorts, I try to post three shorts a day on days that I'm not posting a full length video. 
but those shorts are are already content that I have made. So I can recycle a lot because I've done a couple of meet and greets and I have found that a lot of the people who follow me on YouTube aren't necessarily on TikTok and vice versa. So sharing that content on all platforms has been pretty beneficial. So do you think you have it planned it? I know you don't plan it, but like from the outside, it seems like it's like overwhelming. Is it overwhelming for you? Yeah. <laughs> I've just seen all the videos. Like as a viewer, you're like, oh my gosh. It is overwhelming, but I treat it like a full-time job because I want it to pay like a full-time job. And every content creator that I've ever talked to has pretty much said that. If you want it to pay like a full-time job, treat it like a full-time job. And I am extremely lucky that my nine to five is what I post about. So I'm here anyway. So creating that content is very seamless for me. So I have just really found a niche that works with my life without being like a vlogger. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of lucked out or it worked out. However you yeah. say it. I always say that social media is a little bit of luck followed by a lot of hard work. Yeah. So I guess how does it, I mean, how does it feel to be followed by 1.2 million people? It's still crazy. I had a school reach out to me, a local school reach out to me to do like a fundraiser and they used the term uh, local celebrity. And my husband and I just like at it because to me, I'm still like that weird girl dancing in the middle of my playroom for fun. Like it's still, it's, it still feels so weird when you get recognized and yeah, it's wild, but it's offered us a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise and it's kept the playroom open during a very crazy time in the world so we're very blessed so, so what has i guess what has your tiktok channel helped with like collaborations or like how has it helped you beyond just posting yeah to be completely honest i um I, again, I treat TikTok like a full-time job and it does pay me like a full-time job, which means a lot of the resources and money that we make in the playroom can stay in the playroom. And I'm not worried about the bottom line, which for a small business owner, the first few years is incredibly uh, lucky. It feels like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Now, again, then I'm checking my views and my analytics daily, but it means that everything the playroom makes can stay and go back to the playroom right now while we rebuild our clientele after, you know, being closed for a few months. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. So it's, it's really good. So I work really hard to post constantly so we can, you know, keep that revenue stream up so we can keep all of the money here in the playroom going back into toys, which then can go back into content. So it all just kind of feeds into each other. It's cool talking about this because like you can't tell just from like the videos, like you sound like you're very strategic and like business oriented, you know. I got my minor in fashion merchandising with a minor in business and I've been in sales my whole life. Um, I only look 12. I'm actually 31. So I've had a lot of like... <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of career history that has helped me come. And I don't know everything that is very evident, but I know a lot of trustworthy people that I can reach out to. So that has been a lifesaver. So, so do you think for TikTok, you have to upload like often? Do you think that's like the strategy? So I think with my niche and my followers, quantity is definitely 
big. And then I think TikTok is a more is more type of platform too. I think once you become like an uber access, successful creator, you can do like the once a week and then you can live off your sponsorships and all that. Stuff. But since I get paid per sound, which means I get paid per video sometimes, I have to keep that up. But also tweens love content. Tweens can never get enough of it. You know, those eight-year-olds are swiping all day. Yeah. So yeah, I think at first to help build a TikTok, you definitely need to post three to five times a day. I hate to say that because it's so overwhelming and I, it's so overwhelming. And I wouldn't tell just like anybody that if you're just a parent having fun on TikTok or if you're just hanging out with your friends, you certainly don't need to. But if you're trying to build it to be your job, then um, yeah, you've got to put the time in. That's my difference from like a hobby, just having fun. Hopefully, you make money versus like you're taking this seriously. Yeah, it, it feels very strange at 31 to say TikTok is my job. I hate to say I'm a TikToker. I usually say TikTok's my job, but if you would me a year ago today that that was even a thing, I would I wouldn't even have believed you. So I try to take it as seriously as possible because. You know, it, it also brings people into the playroom. A lot of people say, Louis, follow me. And it's been really good for the business. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Like, so have you got people literally to the playroom because they saw? Yeah. So it's both. We'll get parents who are swiping through like, oh my God, that's in St. Louis. We should go there. Or we get kids weekly coming in to meet me, to hang out. Um, so they drag their parents here. And we've got people drive from... Texas, um, Illinois, New Mexico, all over the world to come here for the meet and greet with another creator. We had somebody come from Colorado. So it's definitely been good to get your name out there. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Crazy. If ever like, like the notifications, did you just turn that off? I don't have notifications. <laughs> like on my phone, I don't. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm just way worse for you. I just like either everything's on silent or it just like. Oh, yeah. Cause I, it, so if I, right now, I just, I had 99 plus. So we'll look in like one minute and we'll see what it's back at. Cause every like is a notification, every comment's a notification. So I've got all of them turned off. I get YouTube notifications, but they don't like do a banner. They just do like the number. Yeah, it's too much. I, had to turn off notifications at about a hundred thousand followers. So where were you a year ago? Like what, when, when did you start your TikTok channel? I like look back. I had my first viral video just about a year ago and it was looking for hidden toys. Do you have children? No. No. Okay. I'm also a mom. So I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, but I have so many little like hidden nooks and crannies and drawers and cabinets. And we were literally just like taking them along with us to like find where the kids like were squirreling away toys. And that video got like over a million. And then the follower count just kept going. And then I posted me singing a parody of Britney Spears. And then that one got like 5 million. And then from there, it just kept going up and up. I don't, I don't get millions of views on videos daily but those types of videos help you with your channel yeah there's other youtuber I talked to had one video like now it's at a billion mm-hmm. he got like monetized like five thousand subscribers all in that one. Oh yeah well i did my fidget 
tour. And I think we did that video when we were going to Chattanooga, maybe like six months ago. And on that trip, that video got picked up by the algorithm for some reason. And I think we got 30,000 followers that weekend. Oh my gosh. It's just crazy. We were, we were already monetized at that time, which is good because that video, you hate to have a viral video before you're monetized. That's what he, the other person did. Yeah. Yeah. To be completely honest, I'm, I'm assuming that content creators are listening. So they, they understand the worst. So we were luckily already monetized. And that was my first video to get to a million. And it was like 30,000 subs that weekend and it was crazy and that's the weekend we turn off the notifications on youtube yep yeah i forget that that'd be crazy <laughs> it was definitely a good crazy yeah i mean it'd be cool to like read the comments keep up with it but like there's a certain point where i mean like you want to like i'm sure like you feel like i should read these and then it's like it take hours it take out it take like what am i doing read comments or producing content for someone to watch. I now have um, an amazing friend named uh, Meg Miller and she helps me edit a couple videos a month because I can't like do it all. But um, yeah, I mean, nobody helps me read my comments. Nobody responds to comments. Nobody logs onto my Instagram and responds to DMs. I do all of that myself. So it does take me a while to get back to a lot of people. Um, and I, I do feel bad, especially with how young my viewers are, but that there's just no way I would never, I would never sleep. <laughs> and I don't think that's expected anymore of content creators to respond to every comment once they hit a certain amount of followers. It's, just, it's not realistic. Yeah. So how many like hours, if you don't want to say, how many hours do you work a week then? I usually say about 60 to 70 hours a week. But I used to get the phone here at the playroom transferred to my cell phone because people had to make reservations. And then once the mask mandate lifted and we could have the same, we could have a full playroom again, I untransferred it and said, walk ins, walk up. And then that reduced it by like no lie, 10 hours a week because I wasn't answering my phone 24 seven. Uh, but I, I try, I feel like I'm on my phone all the time. And I joke with my husband that scrolling through TikTok at the end of the night is working because I'm, uh, I'm researching trends. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I'm here six to seven days a week. At the playroom? In the playroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. It's like you're in the playroom and you can do like this TikTok. Like that is like how you're saying it's cool. Wow. It's not like. I work over here and I got to do this whole separate, you know, that'd be terrible. Right. Yeah. So it all, it all works really well hand in hand. And I mean, I think the only other, per, like the only other career that I can kind of like say is like that would maybe be like a family vlogger. You're just kind of doing your day and filming it. That's kind of like what I hear without my family. So then you say like, does TikTok pay you for sounds or someone? Third party website. So this is some like insider, insider dish, but somebody gave me the information. So I never mind, I never mind sharing. I use several different websites like, um, pair pop. Um, I use, uh, playlist push. I use probably like five different websites for sounds, which means all day I'm looking up those websites, seeing if there's a sound available. Some of them you have to grab it within an hour. Some of them give you only pay you for the first three hours of views. Like, so it's just constantly, I literally have a list on my desk 
of all the things I need to check throughout the day. So I don't miss a sound or, I mean, it's crazy. So that's, that's why you'll see a lot of response videos with like music in the background without me talking because they have very um, specific instructions. Like the sound has to be at 50%. You can't do a voiceover. So dancing to sounds while answering a question has come so popular because people are getting paid to do that. Very weird, but it, it's because people want their songs to be heard and they're willing to pay creators to share their songs. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like a YouTube video and there's like a sponsorship or something. Exactly. So then I use different websites for sponsorships. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, it's full time. So I'm constantly on my phone and it's very weird, but it, you know, it's been, it's been good. <laughs> I, I feel like I have a lot more anxiety, but I also own my own business. So I feel like every entrepreneur has that. Yeah. Everybody feels that. It's just refresh sites looking for sounds to use. Let's say someone was starting a TikTok channel tomorrow. What advice would you give them knowing what you know now? So my top tips, um, and honestly, a lot of my tips are from talking to other creators. Um, Sky Hitchcock is a mom blogger, TikToker. I don't know what that niche is exactly called, but she's like, She's like a lifestyle blogger and she has shared so many tips and I've definitely like tried them all. Um, so I will never say something's mine if I, if I did it, but it's not. But I am posting three to five times a day to start off using popular songs. So when you create a TikTok, you go to the songs that they suggest. Always using one of those first three is really good when you're starting out. And then um, using like three to five hashtags that are specific to what you're posting about, whether you're a mommy blogger or a Lego builder or a playroom owner, you want to use the hashtags that work because the algorithm's going through it and they see that you're using hashtags that are to that. It's a smart up algorithm that'll just push your video to the side. Uh, it's insane. Always being the first one to comment, but don't be the first person to like your video. Little things like that. It's just, I found have worked. And that my personal piece of advice that I always give people is watch other content creators in your niche who have a lot of followers, see what they're doing, see what you like about what they're doing, the way they edit, if they do voiceovers, and then make it your own. Nobody wants to see a carbon copy of the same thing. So I see other trends and then I try to make it my own. That's good advice. That was very, like, that was good. That was really good. I'm like, I'm, I'm like listening, like, like I should be writing. I mean, I, I could read, listen to them. I'm like thinking like I should read, like write, write down notes or something. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause it constantly changes. At first you, I was using hashtags, like the most popular hashtags. And then we learned that you want to use hashtags that only relate. And then, you know, we realized, oh, the videos you don't like, it's a lot of trial and error. But the most important advice, as I tell everybody, is just figure out who you are, your voice, and then try to do the trends your own way. So I do a lot of trends with the toys, the fidgets, that kind of stuff. And then it just, it, it'll, it'll, the hard work will pay off eventually. Yeah, yeah, eventually it'll pay off, right? Yeah, so it took me like a year to be monetized on YouTube. And then TikTok, I, this is where I say luck comes into play. Uh, as an older 
older TikToker. Being 31, I feel like is not a normal age when I first got on TikTok. Um, I joined in March of 2020, and then it took until July, like August. So March, April, May, June, July. It's like six months to get a viral video. But again, I feel like I got in on the ground floor and started posting before people felt comfortable posting. Now everybody has TikTok, so it's a little bit more saturated. So I think my luck played into getting in so early and having such a unique job and niche and then following up that luck by posting five to nine times a day. Yeah, I don't know if there's other people who post like this, like who has a playroom mm-hmm. and post fidget. I mean, it could be, but. There's lots of other fidget creators, but. I would say most fidget creators own their own fidget stores. So they're coming at it from like a sales point of view. And I'm more like reviewing tons of fidgets because I always say I don't want the kids to spend their hard-earned allowance on fidgets that aren't worth it. Um, Or as a parent, I want fidgets that my four-year-old's not going to like break in like three minutes. So I try to kind of like see it from every point of view. And then a lot of the fidget creators are much younger too. Mrs. Benshine, I think are like the oldest fidget creators as far as like age-wise goes. So we we definitely found our corners of the internet. Finding finding niche, I think, is definitely the way to go. And something that you actually like because if you hate filming and you hate what you're talking about, it's gonna come across my editor always tells me that the videos that like I'm excited and I'm happy are always the ones that do better than the ones where I'm like a little bit more tired. I'm chugging coffee to kind of like wake myself up because I, I like what I do, but I'm still working seven days a week. I still have two kids, still a mom. So there's days where I'm just not as enthusiastic. You can tell in the video and then your viewers can tell. At some point, it's probably understood. Well, I don't know. They're, they're younger people, so maybe they'll, they get tell, but they're like, you know. Yeah, I got a case of Red Bull under under my desk. There you go. <laughs> I, yeah, I got a case of Red Bull and another case of Truly. It just depends on what you need that day. So you're, uh, so I guess you're, what's, what do you think your audience is on your YouTube channel? Is it the same thing? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I would say, I mean, analytically wise, it says 35 to 45, but I think it's children using their parents. Um, and I have 80% of my followers or 80% of my viewers aren't subscribed. And I think that's because they don't have email addresses. I mean, yeah, like everybody will post like on the Facebookers where it's like 95% who are subscribed. So I think 80 seems like that's pretty good. I mean, like I get comments all the time saying like, I can't subscribe because I don't have an email or I wish I oh could. Oh my gosh. My parents won't let me and I'm not on kids YouTube. Um, so that's kind of different too, but I work really hard to not be on kids YouTube. Yeah. What's the difference? I mean, obviously for kids, but like, isn't that like, that's really kids stuff though. Yeah. Like cartoons, your comments get turned off. I've had a couple videos with my children in it that the comments get turned off. Your, um, what's what was CPA or your, uh, your cost per goes down what's the three digit the, the three cpc cost no that's that's what that's what you know what i mean but if you're on kids it goes down because um they don't have as much buying power as their like parent uh, 
So I try to stay on on like regular YouTube. I do not want my comments turned off because I want that engagement. And I do that by honestly, like showing my age. I sing a lot of like songs when I'm like, I can't sing, but that's never stopped me. But like when I get down to the last fidget, I always like sing like, I don't want to sing for you, but <laughs> it's the final fidget. Because <laughs> they don't understand the references. Most of the references I make. There are a lot of 90s references in there. So I try to keep it, you know, so the parents don't find it as annoying in the background. Yeah, yeah. I saw one video where the comments was off, like a, it was a short, so maybe that, maybe it must have. Oh yeah. For some reason, off. YouTube is turning a lot of my shorts into the kid's side. Um, if I even show a toy, which is very strange because I'll do an entire full length YouTube video about toys and they don't turn it off. But if I'm looking for hidden toys, they view those as for children. And I've tried to tell them like, this is my job. It's not for kids. It's like sharing my daily job, but they still turn it off. That's crazy. So you're not it just turning it, just does it by itself. Mm -hmm. Now that you saw this is obviously the kid. Yeah. Or if my children are in like over 50% of the video or if their voices over 50% of the dialogue, it'll get turned off, which is very confusing because there's a lot of family vloggers who have comments. So I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do you, do you like TikTok war versus YouTube or? I, it, it's a love hate with both. I've been banned from TikTok a few times for some of the craziest reasons. I think the funniest one was adult nudity. Um, that was probably the best reason I ever got banned. I was for a video I filmed in the playroom during open hours and I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. I wasn't even wearing a crop top and I wear crop tops like 90% of the time. Um, but TikTok is where I feel the most connected to my followers because you can respond to those questions and you can have direct dialogue and, um, but you, but you too. Does it pay more? Yeah. <laughs> and I like it. I like editing those videos. I really work hard on trying to like learn new tricks and tips because a lot of people in my niche, I feel like don't do as much editing because again, in my niche with my, with my followers, it's about quantity, you know? So I try to learn green screen effects and sound effects and layering stuff. I posted a video where I tried to like turn my opening credits like by like a lightning bolts and then it turned into like Halloween themed with a different song. So I try to like do stuff like that to kind of keep up to make it more fun because I like the learning. Yeah. I think it's less because typically I mean most people aren't posting five full length YouTube videos a week. So they... there's there's a lot of young girls out there who are some of my, oh my gosh. Uh Nicole Jacqueline and uh Kayla who's Purple Star O2, they're both in my niche. And they're like 22 and 25 and they both own their own small businesses as well, but they don't have children. Um, and they're both single. So I feel like they might have a little bit more, we're all busy. I don't want to say I'm more busier than anybody else, but not having the kids, I feel like gives them a little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah. We why wife, we don't have kids and there's so much just time. <laughs> like I got, my brother has four kids. 
I never want to say that I'm more busy than anybody else. Like Nicole Jacqueline has a warehouse where she sells her fidgets. I mean, oh my gosh, it is incredible what she's done. Um, but I feel like she posts, she said like for a while ago, she was posting daily. Like long videos. Yeah. And her editing is really cool. She does like really cool, like beginning intros too. Um, and she wakes up at like 5 a.m. to work out. I need, I need whatever she's like drinking, but she doesn't have kids. So I feel like it gives her a, a slight edge. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Mrs. Bench, I think posts, these are all people in my niche. So these are like the only people I know, like, I try to, I feel like they mean nothing to you because you probably don't know the name. Just like, uh... She posts like one TikTok a, a day. Um, but she sells fidgets too. So they've got these like huge businesses where they're selling all online and I, I'm a brick and mortar. So it's like, we're all, we're all surviving. Yeah. You think it helps being around other or knowing other like entrepreneurs and like motivated people? Absolutely. Um, so I found people in my niche who I genuine, genuinely like and enjoy. We've done a bunch of collabs. And it's been really fun. I'm trying to get a lot of them out to St. Louis. Collaborating is one of the most fun ways to grow your channels because you can share audiences. And it's even better when you actually like those people. And um, Mrs. Bench is a married mom of two kids. I'm a married mom of two kids. We're both the exact same age. So we have really like, we talk every day and it just works out too that she has 3 million on TikTok. Uh, so we just like, to work together and she just hit 100k this week and i was giving her advice on that she's giving me advice so definitely find your find your group of people that's awesome that's really yeah, awesome million. she's killing it what's that charlie person has like the most on charlie tiktok Dillian? i think she she that one dude is like the first person right right now but i think that one dude's about to beat her Charlie D'Amelio is at 125 million. But there's that one dude who like will take like the five minute crafts where the people are trying to do something difficult and they'll be like, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that I don't know his name, but yeah. He's like about to beat her, which is, yeah, that was like big news. He just does the face and like, yeah, I know. (laughs) TikTok is wild. There's literally something for everybody. And that's what I love about it. That's insane. That's cool though. So you posted uh, like shorts, obviously on YouTube. Do you think that's effect? I mean, because there's some people who say like they tried shorts and it didn't work at all. I think I credit shorts 100% to helping me reach 100K as fast as I did. I started posting three shorts a day in September every day and it blew up. I think um, people are a little nervous about shorts right now and they're extremely nervous about their watch time. And what I've kind of told that, I did the beta testing for shorts. I don't get paid to say anything. I got a really cool denim jacket out of it though. Uh, But what I like to think is YouTube is working really hard to beat TikTok. YouTube wants their viewers back. So I don't think they would do anything to hurt creators who are posting shorts because they need those creators to post those shorts so they can keep getting more people back on their app and on TikTok. So a lot of people are afraid of their watch times going down and of their views being hurt by it. But I don't think that's 
going to be something YouTube is going to do because they don't want to scare people away from posting shorts. But I don't think TikTok is going to do anything, or I don't think YouTube is going to do anything to hurt creators when they need us right now. Seeing a very big decrease because they're all going to TikTok. Yeah. But I've had a lot of my shorts reach a million views. So I think it's definitely worth trying. I've seen, I've kind of researched a little bit into if I should create a second shorts channel or if I should do shorts on my channel. I don't love the way shorts look aesthetically on my channel. 100%. But why am I going to send those viewers somewhere else? Why would I not want them to be on my main channel? They watch one short. They just, they're there, you know? Yeah. And I hit 100K on September 11. And today I'm at 107K. So I definitely think it's worth it. At least worth trying. I mean, worst case scenario, you get a couple of views. But I don't make a lot of money off of shorts views. Yeah, because doesn't it have to, you have to, you can't. Is it like you don't make money in the shorts? If you click shorts, view it, it doesn't count or something? So I see if you watch, if you watch shorts, this is what I've been told. Again, don't quote me. If you watch shorts on your laptop or your computer, you can get paid for those views. If you watch it on your phone, you can't. But I did just get an email from YouTube saying that there's a shorts fund where they are paying people shorts. And I know a lot of creators, I... Um, who have made money the past few months on shorts. So on September, that's why I started posting a whole bunch to see if on October 9th, I get that email saying I get paid. I know one creator made 200 bucks the first month, 500 bucks the next month. I know another creator who made 10,000 the first month and 7,000 the next. My God. But they have an entire shorts channel with over 300,000 viewers on just their shorts channel. So they're posting every single TikTok they make on a short. So I said, said that they're giving creators between zero to 10K a month, depending on views. Yeah, because there isn't like ads at that, so it's just. But like TikTok, I can go in every day and see how much money I made the, the day before. YouTube, hopefully they choose you. Hopefully on the ninth of that month, you get an email and we'll see what you get. So I, I'm interested to see if on October 9th, I get the email. Hey, it's Jeff really quick. So I actually texted her that day on October 9th and she did get a check for over $1,000. So shorts do work. People are getting paid for it. So that's it. Enjoy the rest of the show. 10 days. <laughs> like looking at the date. Okay. I know. Trust me. Me too. And I've had several, several shorts this month reach over a million views. So I feel like hopefully I get it, but we'll see. Yeah. Don't, yeah. That's what my husband and I talked about. If I don't get paid, I hit 100K. If I do get paid, awesome. You know, it, I can't really be mad either way. Yeah, no. Awesome. Well, so you just use your, uh, so you say like editing, what do you edit with? When I hit 100K, my husband surprised me with a MacBook. So I've been attempting to learn this thing, but um, I couldn't even use it to get onto the Zoom today. I am very not great at technology, but I use my phone to edit TikToks and I use my laptop. I have a Chromebook and the MacBook that I use. Um, I'm trying to learn Adobe Pro. <laughs> right now I'm using iMovie. 
It's, yeah, I think a lot of people use that though. I'm learning. I'm learning. I was using Weed Video on Chrome, and I feel like I got really good at that. And I was able to do so much. And then I got the new one with a lot more, um, like so much faster. Like I can download the videos in like time. It's awesome. But I have to relearn a whole new thing now. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But it connects to my phone, so transferring files is awesome. Um, I started filming YouTube videos on my Canon and then I moved to the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Yeah. And then it just connects to my, I mean, it's, I'm like so shocked at how crystal clear it is. So it just goes to show you that you can make good quality on your phone. So you don't need expensive equipment. Just use your iPhone. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. Like they, Mm -hmm. other people I've talked to, they're just like, they all have an iPhone, like the newest iPhone. Yeah. It looks looks totally, I can't, I mean, I can't, the average viewer can't. Mm-mm. It it it's working on my iPhone. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, but I also use my phone in the playroom to check people in. I use Square, so I need a phone anyway. So it's a great business success. So I always say, you know, if you're if you're gonna put money into something, start with a good phone. Yeah. Do you like charge your phone all day then? All all day. I have chargers everywhere. Moving, but moving up to this one has made it so much easier. My last one, I could barely get a full day in. But I also, I work with children all day. I, I have my AirPods in like ninety nine percent of the time. How many kids are there? Like on a like an average day? Today we had twenty kids all day, which is pretty good for a nice day. In the winter, it can get up to thirty, thirty five kids. But they're not all here at once. They like rotate through because we're open from nine to four. But the days with the with a lot of kids usually means a lot of content because they're they're wild. They put babies in microwaves and toys on top of the kids are crazy. So I guess the same question: If someone was starting a YouTube channel tomorrow, what advice would you give compared to TikTok? Oh, sorry, hold on. That's cool. Grandma's playroom. Let me help you. So that's one thing that happens all day. Having, oh, it's, it's, it's somebody, uh, the kids, they Google grandma's playroom. And then I get phone calls all day. Uh, but as a parent and an adult, I don't speak to minors over the phone. ever. <laughs> so I always like quickly hang up. Cause I'm like, oh God, if my kid called an adult, I would hope they would do the same thing because yeah, I don't. I don't need that. I don't need that on me. I don't talk to minors. <laughs> now I'm not a parent present and I don't film minors without consent from the adult. And then I don't uh, take pictures with the kid unless like their parent says it's okay. So I'm very big on minor safety considering how young my viewers are. But we, um, I'm starting to get invited to birthday parties now. Like people are hiring me to come to birthday parties. You do. Yeah, it's so that's another another source of revenue that's been like very surprising that has come from all of this. It's very it's very strange. But um, as far as advice for YouTube, again, I think right now it's the short game. They're working hard to beat TikTok, so I would say use that in your favor, and then create better quality content. Is for YouTube. YouTube definitely wants the better quality content. Yeah, by with what I do on TikTok on YouTube. TikTok nine videos a day is like, okay, that's good. 
YouTube, I would just start with your one a week, find a niche that you're actually passionate about because nobody wants to watch someone talk for 10 minutes about something they don't even care about. Um, and then just post, just keep posting, say what you like, what you don't like, consume content that you enjoy. Why do you enjoy it? I watch a lot of YouTube, not always in my niche. I watch a lot like um, Mariah Elizabeth, Try Guys. Uh, I try to watch really good like production quality to see what I like and what I don't like, what keeps me engaged. Why did I watch that all the way to the end? Why did I click off? And I try to, I try to like really think about why and then use that, that for my. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I'll like, what I, like I'll notice now, like I'm watching like an intro or something and it's like, like you just notice more things. You're yeah. like, I'm totally going to try that or something. I try to keep my intros like under 45 seconds. I try to get into the video. Um, I watch a lot of sponsored videos to see if I like their sponsorship or not, which just sounds so weird, I know. But the Try Guys did a video. I think they're hilarious. Their production value is insane. Uh, they also own an entire production company, so that could be it. But they did a Sensodyne commercial in the middle of one of their like try guys game type. Do you watch them? Is any of this making sense? The try guys? No, I mean, it sounds familiar, but. Okay. They were a buzz, they were a buzzfeed, like four, four dudes who would like try stuff. Their most viral video. And they're all adults too, but they have a younger audience. So I try to watch adults with younger audiences, but they did a Sensodyne commercial and it was so funny. And I was like watching it. I was like, why am I watching this commercial? This is obviously sponsored, but like, it was so good that you did watch it. So I try to see like, why, what can I do? How can I make that into commercials? So more people want to work with me too. What's your, like your view rate of whatever works that be, what, like your percentage viewed? Is it like pretty high? How, how like long they watch it? Yeah. Um, you're going to hate me. Is that something I can find on the app? I don't know. Probably. So I'm not, right now, I think, I think as far as like the analytics go, right now it looks really short because of shorts. I don't, I think the number is low, but it hasn't affected being put on the up next or anything like that. So the number looks abysmal, but it hasn't affected my views. So I kind of look at each video to see and I think it's like, it's pretty high because what I like to do on my videos is I do the haul at the very end. So I take them shopping and then I do the haul. So they like to watch the haul part. Um, or if I do a sponsorship, I always do the sponsorship in the first two minutes to get it out of the way. If I try to integrate it and then do the fun stuff. And then I try to tease the fun stuff at the end. I'm not quite sure what that number is, but I like that YouTube shows you exactly when people stop watching. <laughs> Yeah. So are you like deep into, you know, like, do you check that stuff often? I'm really bad at, you know, um, I, I feel like I could be better. Um, I really just look at where the video is rating. Like today's video, I will spend all day saying like, okay, this, I thought was going to be a good video or, oh my gosh, this video is doing really good. It's so like today's video is a six out of 10. That's kind of what I look at. It says it's what looking, it says. Oh yeah. It says like, ranking by views so it's six out of ten which means out of my past 10 videos this is the sixth best performing for the first three hours and nine minutes 
So it, I mean, YouTube analytics, you cannot beat them. They are the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok analytics are a little. TikTok analytics. I love TikTok, but it doesn't even tell you how old your followers are. It doesn't, it doesn't give you anything. It's like <laughs> males, females, where they live. That's it. Yeah. It's, I think I've tried to check and it. I don't think you could check on a computer. You have to check on your, your phone. It just, it doesn't. Oh yeah. And it's not like, it's, it's not good at all. Yeah. It's very basic. Like <laughs> they watching or not like, that's like, what? That's all I need. Like, <laughs> and then I'm terrible at Instagram. I, I don't even, I, I think on Instagram, I you don't just, post anything. I do post not as good as I should. I have 7,800 on Instagram, which not even 10% of any of the other things. So that I'm not very good at it. You just post like videos on there, the same thing. I try to post like my best performing TikToks as reels. And then I post pictures. I've done a couple of giveaways. Um, I found that a lot of companies don't want to work with me though, until I get to 10 K because they want that link. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of companies that I haven't been able to work with on other platforms too, even though I have 1.2 million because they want you to cross post. Some don't care. They take the 1.2 million and they, they're happy, but some of them want you to cross post onto Instagram. So I've been trying to build that, but that's kind of the least important social media. I've always heard to stick with two social medias, focus on those two and then trickle down if you have time yeah yeah that's smart i think video is like the, it's it's been the thing forever now mm -hmm. but it definitely i just wanted to like like take like it keeps getting shorter shorter like the video like what's next i just wonder like what well, they already got rid of vine it, yeah i don't even know for a while seven seconds is where the best performing tiktoks seven seconds what, what can you even do in seven seconds i mean you probably do a well, lot but like yeah and there honestly was a lot that you you can do um but now i'm finding that some of the longer ones are doing better now too but i try to keep things up 10 seconds i'd say is my average tiktok it's pretty short but again i have a very different followership than a lot of other people yeah, so you're yeah. a woodworker 10 seconds isn't going to be any I, I i'm answering questions or showing new toys or stuff like that so like 10 to 30 seconds is usually pretty good so what does your what does like your husband think of all this yeah so i remember the first time i ever tried like vlogging um, and he was like, don't film me, don't film me. And like, when I started TikTok, I was like, that's so weird. That's so weird. But now that it is where it is and it's making us what it's making us, I asked him the other day, I was like, can I quit TikTok? He's like, no. Right. And then he knows who my sponsorships are. And he's like, you haven't done a silly poopy video lately, babe. You should, uh, you right. should do that. <laughs> and I, was, I asked him, I was like, are you ever embarrassed about the silly dances or what I do. And he's like, no, why would I be embarrassed? He goes, if anybody says anything, I'll just tell them what you need on that video. Like he, right. he's never, yeah, he's very supportive. Every milestone I've ever reached when I hit a million, I came home and he had a big one and a big M balloon and he got me cannons. And then when I hit a hundred K, I'm pretty sure he was refreshing YouTube more than I was refreshing YouTube. And he came to my work 
because I was working a birthday party and he brought me the 100K balloons and he brought me my laptop and he was so excited. So he's just as excited and he, um, he, you know, he'll know when I need a day off or, or something. He took me to Nashville on our anniversary to post collabs with other like YouTubers and he's, he's invested. He's in this now. We're in deep. That's, that's good though. I was just wondering. I just thought it'd be interesting. Yeah, no. And a lot of his friends do follow me. His parents got TikTok to follow me. So he's not embarrassed. Sometimes I'm embarrassed for him. Like what he has uh, to, you know, because a lot of the dances are silly. But it's he just views it as any other job. Yeah, right. At this he's point. With... Oh, yeah. And then I asked him too, because my son is seven. And I can't take him to any function without like being noticed, recognized. And I was like, man, do you think he's going to hate this? Like, what did I do? Like, is, is my son going to be embarrassed? And he's like, no, babe, this is the age where we'll think it's cool. Like, like this is the time, this is the decade we're having a social media parents. Yeah. Cool it, it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, back when there was Facebook, he'd be like, mom, get off Facebook. I don't want right. you to message me. Like, Right. Now, you know, I can't take him to school without being recognized. I was always worried about how he was going to see that and view that because my viewers are his peers. Yeah. He doesn't hate it it's, yet. He's not embarrassed yet, but he also doesn't have social media, so he doesn't get to see any of the comments or anything. So what, so what, I guess you're answering this kind of, so what like channels or people do you follow for, like, where did you learn what you learned? Is it just. So as awful as this is going to sound, because I would never suggest this, Facebook groups. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the like worst of the worst is Facebook groups, but I found ones with actual people that I like. So, you know, I found like Facebook groups for small content creators and then you just share advice and then once you find a few good people that you like then you can just leave the rest and then just talk to those like core people i talk to content creators in my niche i talk to content creators who are very different i met some of my best friends who i talk to every day who don't live in st louis it's like from like tiktok it's crazy i, I speak to a woman named carol who lives in El Salvador. She's an expat in El Salvador. We talk all day, every day. We talk about YouTube because she has a YouTube channel and we give each other tips and advice. And then I talk to Meg who now edits for me, um, but we're friends and she has a TikTok and a YouTube. And then Mrs. Bench, we talk every, I mean, it's crazy. You just find people that you enjoy. And I think it's less weird now that adults are finding friends on TikTok. So I just find people that I enjoy talking to who also are content creators. So we can talk about this weird thing that we call our job. Yeah, that's, that's good enough. That's very weird. Like when you first started doing this stuff and like you mm -hmm. end up making friends and stuff and you're just like, I would never imagine this a year ago or something. Right. Yeah. I would never imagine that I would talk to a woman all day, every day, we lived in El Salvador. And now we're planning a trip to El Salvador next oh. year, but we're talking for two years. And all because we met in a Facebook YouTube group. So weird. And it's all the things that you tell your kids not to do, but especially with, especially with the lockdown now and um, everyone's being stuck at home, that was kind of the only way that you could even maintain friendships. 
And my parents are very much in the mindset of, oh, what if that's not who you, who you think it is? And I try to remind them with the way that technology is these days, if you're not Zooming, Skyping, FaceTiming, voice messaging, then you're not doing it right. And you could be, but like, like, like I, I know who you are now. We've now seen each other. Yeah. Other. Like this is what I do with my friends on the internet now is we do face to face. It's just over a camera. So we've met, we just haven't met in the same room. Yeah. That's just how it is now, at least for now. Yeah. Yeah. They live in St. Louis and most creators aren't here. So what is your number one mistake? And then your number one like success tip. I don't really know what I would consider something that I failed at because I've I okay so I wouldn't necessarily like in business different but social media I would say my feelings would mostly be caring enough to read most of the comments taking those to heart I know that's not like something that's going to help you grow or not grow but I've been pretty lucky that I haven't had any like base plants. I try to, again, I don't talk to minors over the phone. I try to keep very like above board. Um, but no, my biggest mistake is caring about the negative comments. I get thousands of comments a day, maybe one or two negative. And those are the ones that I like to hold on to. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, I'm never going to make another video again. I'm never going to shut my stomach. I'm never going to do this. Oh my God. And then just caring enough to about what people think about the way I look or the way I talk or something I do care wise and letting that affect how I feel about myself and letting that affect the content I create. Like for a while, I only wanted to shoot like, like trust up because I got comments about my weight. Yeah. Because I don't look like a 20 year old Instagram blogger because I've had kids. I'm, I'm normal. I'm a Midwestern 31 year old. I mean, but, so that would be, I'd say my biggest mistake is caring enough. I have had to turn off like notifications even before I was getting a lot just because I would have a bad day if my views were bad or I'd have a good day if my views were good. And I just need to take it in strike. Like I said at the beginning, TikTok's a roller coaster and you just have to hang on. Um, as far as success, keep at it. I mean, you're going to have days where your views are down. I swear my friends and I sometimes text each other, like I hate TikTok today. Worst day ever. Nobody wants to see my videos. This is terrible. And then the next day it's like, fine again. It's don't give up. And I know that's so cliche. It's so easy to say, but the only way you're going to succeed is if you keep doing it. No, that's, that's really how it is. Just gotta, especially at the beginning, like, You've seen, you've seen those groups do like, I have 30 views and like, dude, it's your second video. I'm sorry, but. Who did I, when I first started? Like, keep, yeah, right. You did, we all like, that's just how it is. And people ask me, what's the secret? What's the secret? I'm like, there's literally no secret. And if there was one, I'd be bottling it and selling it. It truly is a little bit of luck followed by a lot of hard work. You just need one video to do good and you never know when that's going to happen. And then I think, unfortunately, I did luck out, but not everybody's going to get that. So sometimes yeah. it's just going to be a really fun hobby that you're really going to enjoy. Not everybody's going to be able to make a full-time income. And I'm not going to be able to make full-time income forever. One day this is going to end too. I mean, I, the 
brains never thought that was going to end, you know? So I think your biggest mistake is making, making your life about it. You know, I've got, I've got the business. I've got a backup. I'm enjoying it while I can, but you never know how long it's going to last. And it, it could have very easily gone the other way. And I, and I just, this just would have been a really fun hobby. So yeah. treat it, treat it like something you enjoy because once it becomes your job, you have to treat it like a job and it feels different. Yeah. Advice when it comes to that. It, unfortunately, I wish it could happen for everyone, but sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay too. And that doesn't mean you're failure. It just means, you know, not everyone joins the NBA either, you know? Yeah, right. Has, someone has to be near one, somebody has to be under them. And that's just how it is. Someone made a comment about when I hit a million on YouTube and I go, that very well could absolutely never happen. And that would be completely fine with me if, if, you know, 200 K is all I ever get. I'm so incredibly happy with that. The sun is like right up my eyes. No, it, you know, you just take it in stride and, you know, tomorrow it could be a whole different app that I would have to start all over on. And you never know. I mean, everything's moving so fast. Who would have thought musically would be what it is today. You know, that was Sierra from TikTok. DM me on Instagram or Twitter and we can just talk. We're just talking about anything. Do you like the intro, the outro? Do you like any of this? This this website, this this podcast is for you. The content creator is not for me. So hope you all enjoy the episode and I will see you all next week.